Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Ladies and gentlemen, we know it has been a long time, but we are back here on Believe in Saints. He is Terrace Copper. I am David Grubb, and we are real glad to be back with you to talk New Orleans Saints as we head into the 2023 season. TC, man, first of all, congratulations. You had a great summer earning your college degree alongside your son. Just please, just what kind of moment was that to, to, to not only realize that for yourself, that accomplishment, but to do it alongside your son? You know, it, it was amazing because like our story, our journey there. So I had my son, me and my wife, we had our son my freshman year in college. So when she was pregnant and he was first born, he was coming to the dorms on the weekend. You know, we used to eat at Todd Dining Hall, bringing food back to Todd Dining Hall, all this stuff on campus when he was first born. You know, so for him to go to East Carolina and wear the same number that I wore and play the same position I played, and then we end up graduating together, which, by the way, he didn't know I was back in school, so I surprised him with it. You know, so it, it was just an amazing time, man, for me and my family. But when I tell you, when I think it was stressful, oh, my goodness, like even at graduation, I really couldn't enjoy it because it came like I was a full time student. So I'm taking two right intensive classes and I'm taking the math and I was taking another class. But I was so stressed out down to the day that we had to graduate because I was up to the week that I graduated. I was still taking exams. So it came down to at least one of them classes like, yo, I got to pass this exam to get this degree. So I was stressed down to graduation. And so we was graduating uh, and they was up there talking. I was excited about it, but I was just emotionally done. I was done emotionally. But after it was over, man, it was it was an amazing experience. My family enjoyed it as well. Yeah, I'm sure it's, it's, it's one of those things like that's a, it's a Hollywood script. You know, most people don't get to to share that kind of moment that way. And, and like you said, with the back history of him basically yeah. Starting his life on that campus, and then y'all getting right. to do that together. It's just the symmetry is just crazy. Um, let's let's it. get to the football. The Saints start training camp in just over two weeks on July 26th. And this is Dennis Allen's second training camp. And the first and foremost thing is now this is his team. We've had coaches who moved on, we've had some players who've moved on. This roster has been rebuilt. This staff has been reconfigured. This is Dennis Allen's team. And it's go time. It's go time. Like I said, it's his team. He has a quarterback in there now. You know, so it's time to go. And and this training camp is, is very much needed, and not just for this team, but for all teams, uh, because now you got to figure out what you have. Uh, OTAs and all that stuff, all that stuff is all fine and dandy. But now it's come down to the nuts and bolts of it. You know, this is where you get better at. This is where you build your team. This is where you find out what team you have uh, through training camp. Yeah, nobody, the spotlight is is on not just Dennis Allen, but it's on Pete Carmichael. And as you said, because of the acquisition of Derek Carr, at 32 years old, he has a solid history as a quarterback, but not a tremendous winning history. But the Saints are hoping that he's the long-term solution at quarterback. And clearly what we saw last year is that for Dennis Allen, none of the guys he had were really his guy. He didn't fully trust Andy Dalton. He didn't trust Jameis Winston. He, he's, certainly, they didn't want to put Taysom Hill in there at quarterback. Now he's got his guy, 
And you've also got a pretty full quarterback room because you do have Jameis coming back, which was a shock to everybody. You do, you drafted a quarterback and, and who, who folks are really high on. And then Taysom is still available for those uh, gadget plays and those special situations that only he can be utilized in. The depth that they built is amazing. Uh, like, especially that quarterback position, because like we know, when the quarterback go down, that second string got to be ready to step up and take the ball rolling and keep the, and keep the ball moving. So the fact that you have some quarterbacks in the in the facility that has that experience, uh, that was one time stars as well, and performed at high levels, you know. So now you have that insurance policy that if something does happen to our starter, we got another guy that's a starter as well that we can just plug in and keep the ball rolling. So I'm excited about the depth they have in the quarterback room. Like, but it's it's time to really. It's time to really go. Right now, you know, the players, they're, they're home. And honestly, they're, they don't want to hear anything about training camp right now because it's getting close. That's almost a curse word to, to players a week before or two weeks before. It's almost a curse word. But they still try to enjoy their time they have with their family because they know it's about to really get, about to get serious. So uh, I'm excited to see what we're going to do. We always have high hopes of everybody want to go undefeated. You know, everybody wants to go undefeated at the beginning of the year. You know, so I'm just excited to see how much better we look, how different we look when we come out and the different things that Pete's going to do and even side of the ball. Yeah, I think for Pete Carmichael, again, it's too, it's him establishing what his identity is as a play caller. Um, because I think everybody was still living in the shadow of Sean Payton last year. Don't change too much, maybe don't. And then you didn't really get an opportunity because Jameis went down so early to tailor anything for him. You couldn't tailor. There's nothing you could really tailor for Andy because he can't go deep. His arm strength was not what it was. He's, he's intended to be a backup. So now for Pete Carmichael, you also look at it. He's got tight ends to play with. He's got a deep wide receiver room all of a sudden to play with where you got guys who have been around this roster for the past few years who could be cut now because the wide receiver depth is so much better. And then you look at the running back depth, even if you lose um, – Alvin Kamara for a number of games to a suspension. You got a thousand yard rusher behind him. You drafted a very talented rookie running back. And again, you have Taysom Hill who can line up in the running back spot. So offensively, there can be no complaints about the number of weapons that are available to Derek Carr. Oh, no complaints at all. No, And like I said, this is the time to really see what Pete can do. Uh, and I have a lot of, I, I love Pete. I think that He's a guy that's really going to come out of his shell this year. I know last year wasn't the way that we wanted to go. And probably it wasn't the way he wanted to go either, I'm sure. You know, but now, like I said, they have a quarterback there that is capable of making all the throws. Uh, now he can he can implement different things because he do have a full receiver room. He do have a, 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 a full running back room. You know, so he has a lot of weapons at his expense, not just the quarterback, but the offensive coordinator. You know, so, but this year is going to be a good year for us. Uh, I don't think we have any excuse uh, when it comes to offensively what's going to happen or what should happen. Now we just got to put the work in and go out there and do it. The only two question marks really on the offense are, number one, can Michael Thomas regain his form? I don't think he has to be 140 catch Michael Thomas with, you know, with Chris Olave on the other side and the other receivers that they have. But if he can be an 85 catch guy, and give you a, a thousand to eleven hundred yards, five to seven touchdowns. I think that that's that's really what you're looking for out of him. I don't think we're ever going to see after this kind of injuries. It's it's hard to get back to what he was, but that doesn't mean he still can't be 
a number one or a number two type receiver. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I wouldn't say he would be a number one now, especially that young talent you have on the lobby over there. I think he, he's kind of primed to take that position over. But with him, you still have so much work that he can do inside those numbers. Uh, he, he catches everything. So, like I said, he don't have to be that big-time play receiver. Let's just move the chains. He can be a possession receiver now, and let's just move the chains, keep the chains moving. That can be his role, and he can star in that role. He can really do some amazing things in that role that, he, that he's going to be in. You know, so I'm just ready to see if he's going to come back the way he left. Uh, that's the biggest thing. How is he going to get over these? How is he going to come back mentally from the injuries, not just physically, but mentally? And, and how often do they use him, too? I think it'll be interesting what kind of packages they put in play to maybe, you know, spare him, especially in the preseason. I think you know, we're not going to see a lot of Michael Thomas in game action during the preseason, but I think during the regular season, there'll be some very specific packages that they use for him to kind of not put the wear and tear so that he can make it through 17 weeks. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree. I think preseason time, his time will be limited. I mean, he's going to get those reps because he has to get it to get back in the group of things. He got to get that timing with Carr. So he's going to get some reps, but it's going to be limited, especially in the preseason, like you just mentioned. So, uh, like I said, he just got to make sure he's ready to go once week one starts and just see can he finish the season out, you know? The other question on offense is the line. You got four first-round picks and one second-round pick on that starting offensive line, but inconsistency was their problem last year. I think that's the big thing this year, particularly for Trevor Penning, who a first-round pick last season who missed all of his rookie year and now has to come in and, and really establish himself because they need him as a starter this season. Yeah, he has to really go in there and really set the tone. And usually I would say that guys get better from their first year to their second year. But like you said, he really didn't have a first year. You know, so this is truly like his rookie year coming into it when it comes to the playing time situation. So I don't really know how it's going to be with him. Uh, I think he'll do well, but I would be more confident if he would have had some reps last year just to get those reps under his belt and not this being, I don't like his rookie deal, his rookie year because he didn't play last year. So I'm confident that he would that he's going to go in and hold his own, but I would feel a lot better if he would play a little bit last year. Yeah, I think the, the main thing, I think the Saints need to reestablish the run game um, and, and get it going again because there's nothing better to protect your team, particularly your defense, than being able to, to get those four or five yards when you have to have them. And last year they just couldn't do that enough. But I think they, they've addressed that with the kind of backs that they've, they've gotten around Alva Kamara. You've gotten speed and power um in in the backs that they picked up in the offseason so I really like what they have in that backfield and, and not just the backfield I think the fact that you have you have cars your quarterback now and you have a, a good group of receivers that's going to help the run game uh usually it's the opposite usually the run game is what's going to help the passing attack which that's still how it how it is but in our situation the fact that our offense now and our quarterback we have a quarterback that's able to make the throws we have some receivers that have some more experience with them now now teams have to play that pass game because we can do it. So I feel like just being able to being able to throw the ball with Carr, now it's going to open up the run game a little bit more for us because they have to really prepare for our pass game, which last year, you know, we were limited when it came to the pass. Defensively, this team has been very good over the last four or five years. And even last year, not as a dominant defense, but still did a very good job in keeping teams off the board and not allowing points. 
This year, you look at that team again, secondary-wise, Alante Taylor looks like he's about to, you know, take another step forward. You've got a secondary that now you feel like you've got three legitimate starting corners that you can play. You want to see the safeties improve from last year. I think that that was, you know, their first year together. There really wasn't all of the, the kind of synergy and the playmaking that we needed to see out of May and out of Teron Matthew. Um, linebacking core, we still feel is solid. But again, it comes down to that defensive line and that pass rush where outside of Cam Jordan, you really don't have a proven pass rusher along that uh, defensive line. You don't. And that's when training camp needs to come into play. Uh, that's what we need to training camp. We need some guys to step up and kind of emerge from that group to become some elite pass, some pass rushers for us to get pressure on the quarterback. So that's one thing that I'm going to be looking at to see who's going to separate themselves. Uh, across that D line and defensively, like I said, we've been we've been good these last couple of years. And one year was great, one year, but we don't even have to be that that well this year. As long as we're solid, we don't have to be a top five defense. As long as we're a solid defense, I think we have the offense to kind of play real good complementary football uh, with the solid defense, and we can get where we need to get to. Uh, but when your offense struggles the way we were struggling, you need a defense that's top five. But I think now we have we have a we have an offensive coordinator that's on his second year in his belt. He have a good quarterback. We have some receivers, a good running back room. I just think our defense need to be solid. They don't have to be world beaters. I think if they're solid, it'd be good complimentary football. It's it's more it's it's always about how many points you give up. Because when you look at at the the last last ten Super Bowl champs, scoring defense, the average has been about seven. You know, yards fluctuate from here and there, but the scoring average is about seven. And the Saints, as far as scoring average, have been elite in, in keeping teams out of the end zone. And I think that that can continue with this group because they haven't aged significantly. Uh, your oldest two guys, Cam, and you know, and then, of course, uh, uh, at linebacker, Demario Davis, those are your two oldest guys. But at the same time, they're both playing still at the really high level for those ages. Yeah, they, like they're getting older, but they still – they like fine. They aging like fine wine. They still making plays. They're still able to step up and still be one of the top players at their positions in the league at their age at now. So to me, right now, age is not a number unless injuries start coming. If they start getting injured, then that age is going to start showing. But as long as they can stay healthy and keep making plays where they are, you know, we'll be okay. Because that's the one thing you do worry also about the defensive group is that not only is it not particularly noteworthy as far as its achievements. You know, there's talent, but these guys don't have numbers. But they also don't have a lot of experience. So you're Brian Breezy, you're Isaiah Foskey, who are coming in as rookies, but also Peyton Turner now, who's in his third year and hasn't really shown a lot during his career. Malcolm Roach, who's a guy who's had all this immense potential, but now the onus is on him to start displaying some of this. A lot of these guys, it's going to take a collective effort but those baseline guys, these first round, second round defensive end picks that have been here, they've got to produce something even in rotation if they're not going to be full time starters. Oh, definitely. Especially first rounders. First rounders, you can't miss on first rounders. And they're going to get opportunities because, like, because they are first rounders. But it's time for them to start showing. Uh, we need those guys to play like first rounders, like they are, and which I'm quite sure they will. Uh, like I said, but this is, to me, I go back to training camp. This is when they need to start separating themselves 
uh, in training camp and, and really emerging as what type of D-line do we want to be? What type of defense do we want to be this year? And it's time to start making hay towards that during training camp. As we get close to that, I do want to get your thoughts on this as a player. Like you said, as you get to those last couple of weeks before you go back to camp, after you've done OTAs and all your off-season activities and you've done the workouts, but now it's about to get serious. Now we're competing for jobs. This is this is it. How do you start changing that mindset as a veteran? And then with the younger players, when you were first coming into the league and approaching training camp, what was your what was your thought process then? Well, as a younger guy coming into it, you don't really know what to expect. You know, you don't really know too much about what's going on. You're just hoping that, you know, you're just trying to find your way on the team. Uh, that's what you're trying to do. And you really don't know too much. You're just trying to find your way. And you're trying to do whatever you have to do to, to make that team. As a veteran, it's a little different. As a veteran, you're, you're going into it with a ton of experience. Uh, you know how to go about training camp. Uh, you know how to preserve your body during training camp. Uh, it's just the experience of being in different, being in training camp over the years has taught you how to go about it. Even when it comes to the stress of training camp, when you're young, you're going to stress because you're like, man, I got to make this team. I got to do this. But as you become a veteran, whether it's because you have more money secured or whether it's just your experience with it you start to understand how to deal with pressure because you've been in that situation multiple times already so now the stress of training camp if i'm gonna make a team or just any stress that comes with training camp you understand how to handle it so you can handle it better as a as a veteran where when you're a rookie or you're a younger guy you know you're still just trying to find your way you're still trying to make the team you just and everybody's still trying to make the team but it's all about how you handle it mentally and how you handle the stress of it before I let you go today, um, the last part of this, as we looked across the NFL for the, you know, during the offseason, a lot of changes, of course. We, you know, we saw quarterbacks change place. We saw coaches move around. We saw a lot of different things. And now it looks like the NFC maybe after all these years of where the NFC was really top heavy, it's very shallow, it seems. There's not a lot of teams that you look at, at that are coming back at intact and in position to really, you know, that look like they're poised to make a run for a team like the Saints that for the last two years has had all this stuff go wrong, but we're in the playoff hunt to the last two weeks. If they can just get some good luck this year, it feels like there's a real chance in the NFC to get back in the position to contend. Definitely. And that's what I would say, position of to contend, not, I know last year I was jumping the gun like, man, this is our Super Bowl year, we can make a Super Bowl run. But this year, like I said, I, I got to hold my horses, you know, but we are in a great position, especially being in this conference, being in this division to really win this division. And also not just win a division, but actually get a high seed for the playoffs if we take care of business, if we stay healthy. And if we're not healthy, the next guy got to step up and make plays and keep the ball rolling. So with this, this conference and our division not being as strong as it used to be, uh, we're definitely in a good position because if you look at it, if you look at the roster, we should probably be right at the top of this list when it comes to the NFC team. Uh, if you're just looking at rosters, of course, we got to get out there and play the game. But looking at the roster, right. we are in a great position. I mean, talent-wise, it seems to me, outside of Philly, which I don't know how Philly just keeps stacking talent. Right? I mean, <laughs> I know. And outside of Philly and San Francisco, 
And with San Francisco, your question is always about their quarterback. You know, I think the Saints have a better quarterback than San Francisco does. San Francisco probably has the better defense right now Mm -hmm. than the Saints do. But outside of those two teams, there's no one in the NFC that I look at. Not Minnesota, not Green Bay, not, you know, there's no one that I'm really looking at. And I'm saying, yeah, they could run away with either their division or with the with the conference. There's no one. I mean, Philly clearly is the favorite, but everybody else, to me, the Saints are in position to challenge. Yeah, they are. And, and even when I look at the San Francisco, uh, they had a great defense last year, but they lost the defense coordinator. You know, so I don't know what that defense is going to look like this year. You know, so uh, we in a great position. We just got to take care of our business. Uh, we can't worry about what everybody else have going on. If we just take care of our business and understand that each year is a different year, it doesn't matter how good we were last year. It doesn't matter how bad we were last year. Each year is a new year. It doesn't matter who's on the roster. It's a new year. And we have to we have to take it that way. And we have to put that work in in training camp. That is a big part of it. I, I know I keep going back to training camp, mm-hmm. but training camp is where you're going to get better. Training camp is where you lay that foundation down. It's a grind, but it's necessary that you have to go through it. Yeah, and we'll be watching that because I think the biggest thing will be not only these battles at the positions that we've talked about, but I think it is going to be interesting to see that implementation and and how Dennis Allen and Pete Carmichael really approach this year and, and understand the urgency of it. Because, you know, in this league and in any sports league, windows open and close real quick. And so when you see that opportunity to make a run, you better take advantage of it. And the Saints have that opportunity this season to do that. They need to take advantage of it. And I think, that, you know, I, at the very least, you trust that this front office, if there's a move to be made, and I think Jameis Winston is a wild card in that, because if somebody gets hurt, Jameis Winston becomes a very interesting charge, a trade target for a team who need may need a quarterback. The Saints could make a move that really augments them somewhere in the season and pushes them and propels them even further forward. So, yeah, I'm like you, optimistic, but cautiously so. Let's get through. We got a lot to get through training camp and a preseason, <laughs> all these things to see people healthy. But as their position right now, you have to feel at least, like you said, cautiously optimistic about the Saints in your future. I agree with it. I, I can't argue that. I definitely agree with those perfect words. <laughs> brother it's so good that we got to do this again and that we're back doing it again for another season uh so pleased to talk to you let the folks know how they can follow you i mean you can follow me on twitter at t copper you can follow me on instagram uh facebook any of those social media outlets i'm there i'm there hit me up shoot me a message follow me hit the like button i'm there and y'all know how to get at me at dm grub on instagram and twitter And of course, you can check out all the great shows on the Believe Network. Um, Until the next time, for Terrence Copper, I am David Grubb, and this has been Believe in Saints. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. 
Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.